All right. Hi, Julia. Hi, Lena. What are we doing today? <laughs> Who are we? What do we do? Uh, we are Julia and Lena, and we do a um, true crime podcast. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. That's right. We do need to do an intro here. So, uh, because this is an actual episode, it was going to be an in between. Yeah. But we foresaw the future and knew that this was going to be long. So, we turned it into an actual episode. Ooh. So, this is Murder on Silk Road, where we talk about Asian and European true crime cases. My name is Lena, and with me is my friend and co host, Julia. What's up? Yeah, so basically every other week, one of us tells the other a story about a um, true crime case somewhere in the Asian or European world. And we don't ever know what we're gonna hear. And that's the case for me today. I have no idea what I'm gonna be hearing. And yeah, mm -hmm. Lena, any trigger warnings? Anything we need yes, to be made aware of? Yes, there's a huge trigger warning here. Okay. If you are eating, maybe don't listen. Oh. Because this case has references to toilet-related thingies. Now I know why you needed to wait to finish your cake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you're really sensitive to poop and pee and all that good stuff then maybe avoid it but just saying this case is super fascinating so okay. if you can kind of just tune out if that affects you i mean i'm not going to go into details of course but yeah there are some facts that i have to address and then we're not gonna you know go into details so okay yeah just be aware toilet matter will be mentioned toilet matter is that the name yes. for the episode <laughs> Um, before <laughs> I don't you, think so. <laughs> before you get into it, and I still need to figure yes. out where we're going today, I have a bit of an update okay. for you from okay. my last episode because my last case was the Vietnamese uh, female serial killer Le Thai Van, and mm -hmm. I don't, you probably don't remember, but you asked me during the recording. Hey, um, maybe you can ask your um, cousin about like the value mm -hmm. of the currency. And oh, yeah. I did. And mm -hmm. so I asked her, how much were 900,000 like Vietnamese dung when you were growing up? And here's her mm -hmm. answer. No idea. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, she was you very made helpful. My hopes go up. She she made my <laughs> hopes go up. She was very helpful. Okay. So I think we'll just so forever we remain in ignorance about the if Vietnamese currency. Knows, let us know, and we will update everyone yeah. because we all want to know, right? And that was unhelpful. No, thanks, okay, cousin. Well, at least you tried. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all for me. Okay, well, anything else before we get started? I mean, this well, comes happy, out. This is the first episode of the new year. Happy new year! Yes. Happy new year! It's twenty twenty four, and everything's the same. Hopefully, I'm just gonna go ahead and say everything's the same. Yeah, well, we're just gonna, yeah. We'll, well, maybe we can talk about what we did um, during the holiday season and uh, throughout the new year and year in between. 
That's true. I mean, that's true. Let's do that. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Decided. Uh, yes, because right now we are still pre-New Year's. That's yeah, why so we have no idea what's gonna <laughs> have been happening. Have happened. Yes. Will be happening. Doesn't okay. matter. Tenses are weird. Yeah, no, that's good. That means I don't have to prepare anything. So <laughs> good for you. I'm good with that. Good for you. <laughs> good for me. Um, yeah. I'm very excited about this case. I can tell. Yes, because You're this very... is <laughs> so. This is a case I knew about before we started the podcast, and I've seen mm -hmm. it like in this YouTube uh, video before, and I was so captivated by it, and I ke I kept thinking about it. Like after some time, I would think of this case again and wonder. What was the truth? What was it like? What really happened there? And I knew I was I wanted to cover this, and so as I mentioned a bit earlier, I thought I was gonna do an in between because just the video I watched was like ten fifteen minutes, and mm -hmm. um, well, technically it's not a cold case, but if you believe the conspiracy theories, then it is a cold case. So okay, yeah, so. Like, as I was doing research for the in-between, I realized, okay, this is not, this is going to take a lot longer. So, um, as it always does we'll do with a us. proper episode. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. If you're okay, ready. Well, well, where are you taking me? Um, I am taking you here to Japan. Oh, okay. Welcome. <laughs> Wait, toilet matters. Do you know this? Does it ring a bell? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, let's okay. see. All right. So, on a cold winter evening on February 28, 1989. So, your brother's birthday after b before he was born. Yeah, seven years before my brother Simon was born. Super um, irrelevant, but that's my state yes. of reference. Yes. A 23-year-old female school teacher, we're just going to use a pseudonym here, Yumiko, mm -hmm. comes home uh, because she was away on holiday for a few days. So she returns to her teacher's dorm in Miyakoji Village, Fukushima Prefecture. Okay, so northern... Yes. Yeah, northern Japan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she was away on holidays for four days, leaving on the 24th and returning on the 28th. Mm -hmm. So just some context. So the 24th, is, was a, it was a holiday that year only because it was the state funeral of the Showa Emperor. Oh. So 1989 is also the start of the Heisei era. Uh, so yeah, 24th was a holiday and then... 25th, 26th was like the weekend and then 27th was a Monday. So I think she took like a, a day off basically on the Monday for a four. No, wait. For a long she weekend. She came back on the 28th. Yeah, so for like a super long weekend. So she came back on the Tuesday. And another context, it was cold. Very, very well, cold. Northern <laughs> Japan in February. That was my, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when you said yeah. Fukushima. Yeah. Now, if, if you were just wondering, it was very cold. And I'll actually give you some of the weather from the time. Oh, cool. Okay. Is A it relevant later, to the case? or It is relevant to the case. Uh, but just know that it was freezing, freezing temperatures. Okay. And snowy. Okay, mm -hmm. moving on. 
So Yumiko comes home on the 28th. Mm-hmm. And around 6 o'clock p.m., she goes to the toilet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she looks down. And let me tell you right now, it was a squatting toilet. Right? Yeah, so it was okay. a hole in the ground. And yeah. this toilet is very peculiar. We'll get into the peculiarities in just a bit. But as she looks down into her squatting toilet, she thinks to herself, is that a shoe in my toilet? Uh, and yeah so she sees and it was a shoe like in a the shoe. toilet yeah like it's because it's a hole right it's dark yeah i assume yeah it was already you know nighttime so every, the outside was dark she only had the toilet lights yeah and she's confused obviously and what she does is she goes outside of her house because the the particular toilet she has is something called it's a it's a form of a pit toilet does that tell you anything no but before you go on is mm-hmm. this a communal like shared toilet because you said no. she, you you said she lives in a teacher's dorm okay but yes. she has her own yes yeah, so um i think the, the teachers they had their own little huts so everybody has their own tiny it was small but they, it was a private sort of accommodation little hut and each had their own toilet Okay. And this toilet, so pit toilets are usually, to put it really crass, it's just a hole in the in the ground. Like you it's were saying. It's a pit, saying. literally a yeah. pit. And the one they had, though, I'm not sure if they exist, or I'm sure they exist in other countries too, but I checked on Wikipedia and it was only available in Japanese. But what happens is you do your business, it gets stored under this, in this tube, but uh-huh. this tube has another end, so it's U-shaped. So one tip of the U is basically your squat toilet. And the yeah. other side leads to leads outside to this kind of um, sewage. Well, it's not a real sewage. It's basically, it leads to the outside. And there's a lid, so yeah. somebody would come regularly to open the lid and then suck everything out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. So I guess one of the pros of having a toilet like this is you don't need a sewage system going on. So you can put this anywhere. And then people will come and sort of uh, clean it right. regularly. Okay, It's quite common with, I think, in the countryside in Japan. There are even Makes some sense. places that have it now as well. But I think back in the late 80s, it was a lot more common. And it's similar to... Because a lot of the houses here also don't have direct gas, sort of, you know, the um, cooking gas or yeah. water boiling gas. So people will come and bring these tanks, huge tanks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's similar to that. So you can have this sort of lifeline things uh, in remote places. Right. Yes. Uh, we are done with the toilet description now. So basically she goes outside <laughs> of her house to where the, you know, the lid is of this right the, the tank yes kind of or the entrance to the pipe entrance sounds wrong. or exit well it's gonna be pretty anyway the other side and she notices that the lid is open because usually it's closed right so she t- takes a peek inside doesn't that and sees that smells yeah but like I don't know. It's outside. She maybe held her breath, you know. Okay. Um, anyway, she, what does she see? She sees a foot. 
Okay, I was expecting that after the shoe. Yes, yes it does make sense, doesn't it? So, But was this just a unattached foot or was there something attached to that foot? Well, we don't know at this point. So Yumiko, she panics, right? She Cool, yeah, that's a good, yeah. <laughs> That's a reasonable reaction. She goes yeah. and gets the school principal and like her colleagues. He to he and... can't help. Call the police. Yeah, but basically, I mean, yeah, I don't know if she had a cell phone, but basically, she called people. She it was for the, help. It was the late eighties, you said. Yes, eighty nine. Well, landline then. Yeah, well, don't worry because they will call the police immediately okay. after that. She just basically like, gets just, help. That's the first thing you should do, people. No, but I think, you know, it was dark, right? And I'm not sure if she had a flashlight or something, but maybe she got someone to just okay, like, fair. I think there's a foot here. Can you come help me check? Like, I don't know what's going on. And basically she gets some help and they call the police because everybody says, okay. yeah, that's a foot. Uh, <laughs> that's a foot, all right. That is that is a foot. So, um, yeah, they call the police and they get there pretty quickly because it's a small village. They're not far away. And shortly after, the firefighters are also called because they realize someone might be in there. Yeah, so they need to, like, take care of this, like, tank or empty it or whatever. Yeah, so they need to basically, if there's a person inside and they're alive, they have to rescue this person, right, who's stuck in the toilet. Right. Yes. <laughs> but if it's empty, can't the person get out? Uh, no, not if it's empty. If it's open, can't the person get out if they're still alive, which I so... don't think they are. That is one of the mysteries of this case. I am going to send you a picture or a diagram, not the actual, you know, not a picture of the person in a pipe or something, Good. but Good. a diagram, yeah, I don't. illustration of it. So actually, let us do it right now. Oh. Oh, indeed. So I just sent you another picture. This will be on Instagram for anyone who is curious. Oh, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, so it's a tiny pipe. You see on the right side, that is the squat toilet, right? Yeah. And then on the it goes down underground, then you have the wider part. And then on the other side is another opening. And that's where they kind of just suck everything out, usually. So the measurements are in centimeters. So I'm sorry if you need to convert that. But, but come on, um, converting is quick. Quickly done. Already is quick. And I do have the main measurements converted already. But just if you look at the diagram itself, like there's other, you know, exact measurements for each part of the pipe, which I didn't all convert. So, okay. Um, basically, how do you get stuck in there? Yes, exactly. That is one of the biggest mysteries, right? How did this person get in there? Because if you look at the diagram, you just see from the outside part below the knees and the foot. And then they're in this crouched fetal position yeah. where the head is kind of by where the, you know, the toilet is, the squatting toilet opening is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they're, it, you know, you basically you have to look at the diagram. It's hard to explain. But they're stuck in this pipe that looks impossible to get in, impossible to get out. Also, the... if she was able to see a foot from the outside end, mm. then it couldn't have been full. Yes. Technically, because like, how else would That's you have true. seen the foot? Yeah, I mean, maybe also, yeah, it wasn't f completely full, I guess. 
Mm. Also, how did the shoe get to the inside end of the U? Mm -hmm. That is something we'll be talking about later. Okay. <laughs> but that is a very good uh, observation. Thank you. Um, but just in case you are unable to look at the picture right now, so the, I guess the outside pipe where someone could technically go in from the outside because, you know, you have to be in the house to even be on the other side, which this person was not. But from the outside, the diameter of the pipe is 30 to 36 centimeters. Which is really not a lot. The measurement depends on whether you remove this metal ring that is on top of the pipe. So if you remove the metal ring, mm -hmm. it's 36 centimeters, which is a little over 14 inches. So that's why I asked Julia to prepare a measuring tape so she can. Well, she can I don't kind of need it for thirty it centimeters. I roughly, I can, I know what thirty centimeters are. That's like. Okay, but I do want you to measure your shoulder width. My shoulder width. Just to, yes. You want my shoulder see, width? It's really. Yes, I'm curious to see whether you would fit inside. I think I would fit. <laughs> okay, this is gonna take a second. Um like 36 36 okay so julia is exactly 36 well okay were you expecting something different i am a tiny person no no like, i'm just saying like <laughs> that's of course i'm a good reference for me to so know exactly i could fit how in there very is. well yes and then if you have the metal ring though that i was talking about earlier attached to the entrance of the pipe then it's only 30 centimeters which is barely 12 inches. So back to the pipe, right? So back to the scene of where this is happening. So the police and firefighters, they try to get this person out by pulling at the feet. But this person is stuck. Well, and they try yeah, to call if they're out sitting them, like that, like if yeah. they're kind of stuck, how would they be able to? Because their knee would be in the way. Like they wouldn't be able to like completely yeah, anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah. a very weird position to be in and very, very stuck. And they try to call out to them because maybe, you know, if they can sort of follow some instructions, do this like that, move like that, then they might be able to somehow get them out. But there was no reaction at all. And yeah, so in the end, because it was futile to try to pull the person out, they had to get this construction equipment thing to mm -hmm. dig out the whole pipe. And then they cut the pipe open to finally get the man out. And unfortunately, the man, as everybody probably guessed, was already dead at this point? Well, yeah. Because let me yeah. just remind myself to the very beginning, like one of the first things you said, she was gone for four days. Mm. So depending on when this person got put in there, because I don't think somebody just fell in there like whoops. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's way too late. Yeah. And... Just to make things even weirder, this man was shirtless for some reason. Okay. And so he wasn't just shirtless. So he was, um, he had like four articles of clothing that probably were his tops, like two sort of inner wears and then this jumper and this hoodie or something. So he had like a bunch of clothes that he had been wearing and they were all taken off and folded sort of neatly. And held to his chest. What? Yes. 
And as we mentioned, so there was one shoe that was basically yeah. placed, would have been on top of his head. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other shoe is missing. Okay. Mm. And so Yumiko, right? She, that's like a huge discovery. She was obviously shocked well, about yeah. it. yeah. And, but what's even more disturbing, she recognizes the dead man. Oh. So this person was 26-year-old Kanno Naoyuki. So I'm saying this, so this is his real name because um, Naoyuki's dad actually goes on TV and talks about the case a lot. So it's not, you know, sort of. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's public information. And Naoyuki was a friend of Yumiko's fiancé. Okay. So okay. she didn't know this person, like, sort of directly, but through her fiancé? Uh, so she actually does know him. There is There are acquaintances. Like, they wouldn't okay. be friends, but they were definitely acquaintances. So it wasn't even just, oh, I recognize him because he's my fiancé's friend, but they had, you know... They've oh, definitely but I seen actually each other know and him. They were involved, okay. yeah, basically. Um, and I'll tell you a bit more about that later. But at this point, that's not so important. Um, and because, so now Yuki's body was covered in you know, toilet matter. So when they took him out, the first thing they actually did was hose it down with water. But wait. Hmm. So Yumiko was just gone for four days. Yes. And like, I mean, I imagine, like, the tank doesn't look very... Like, how often do they empty um, it? Because, I like, didn't look into that, but it's not that regular because, you know... Doesn't that also just really smell bad then? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. It smells like what you would probably expect and much okay. worse than that. So, hmm. yes, anyway, so he was continue. covered in smelly things. And they hose them down with water. And this actually happens again later. So I think it was at the sort of autopsy place, but I'm not 100% sure. But either way, it was cleaned twice before it was actually examined. So if there was any sort of clues, it would have been gone by now. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I mean, I get that they want to like make it easier on themselves but they're not yeah. really helping the investigation no no so that's one point that you know people talk about as being a bit like you can call it suspicious do they do it on purpose maybe if you believe in conspiracies that come up but conspiracies way, conspiracies <laughs> conspiracies i think you're uh, thinking of conspiracy theories and you just yeah. made one word conspiracies i mean it's shorter yeah but okay i mean i can kind of get why they're like oh my gosh like they're trying to cover something up or blah blah blah. but honestly just imagine if somebody's like if this thing or this person that they're wanting to investigate is covered in fecal matter then like you don't want to do that to yourself so of course you're gonna rinse them off yeah i know so it's this is a bit difficult like it's it can go either way i think okay sorry i keep um, interrupting no no it's good do that uh where was i yeah so the examination would later reveal that now yuki died of hyperthermia 
and asphyxiation due to the pressure around his chest. So he wasn't、mm-hmm. like it was really hard to breathe for him. So、Makes、it was、sense. just a combination of both. And apart from some scratches or like scrapes around his elbows and knees,、uh, there were no sort of obvious outward signs of injuries. Okay. That、um, makes you wonder. Like, did was he actually like was he already dead from those、mm. causes before he was put into the tank,、mm-hmm. or was he put into the tank alive? But then, how would they have done that without him like、mm. struggling, and、yes. then died in there? Yes. So, yeah, it's very just a lot of mysteries at this point. Um, and I'm not really sure. So it's very possible that some of the other people present, like the other teachers or police officers, firefighters at the scene, also recognized him because、mm-hmm. he was a very active person in the village. And the village was was, was very small. So there was,、um, I think, there were less than yeah. The village had around three thousand people, basically. Okay. Yeah, and he was very active, right? And What you might call a pillar of the community. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, not again. So not again. But so、um, Naoyuki, he lived with his parents and a grandparent. I'm not sure it was grandma and grandpa、uh, in a house that was around ten minutes away by car from the school dorm where he was discovered. Okay, not far. Yes. And he had a very bright and outgoing personality. He loved music, and at some point, he also had a band with his friends.、Um, so Naoyuki, he worked at as a head of the sales department. So he was in sales, but the company itself was related to the nuclear power plant, which was very close to the village.、Mm-hmm. So this would be Fukushima Daini. Power plant, so the second Fukushima、mm-hmm. power plant, and so he because he was in sales, right? Usually, if you're in sales, you have to be sort of、um, extroverted and yeah, charismatic, speaking, and, charismatic. Yeah. yeah, so he was he was exactly that. He was quite popular with the ladies, and he was also a leader in this youth group thingy they had. So it's not like a youth group in a Christian sense. It's more of just young people association committee, and they would do like events for young people. And he was also often asked to be in public speaking positions. So if there was some kind of just gala or event that the community okay, was hosting, okay, so he was just he would, active all around, and likely yeah, active, everybody did know him. I think so, and yeah, he would basically host these events. So he would be the one with the microphone and all that.、Uh, so yeah. He was quite a well-known person, very famous in the community. And tracing back his steps, right? So they know who this person is, and now the mystery is just how did he get there? What、how? happened? Yes. So here's a time timeline of his last movements. On the twenty third, so this was five days. The day, so the day before Yumiko left. For her long yes, weekend, yes, that's right. So on the twenty third, he attended a farewell party、uh, for of his friend. So this friend、mm-hmm. is actually, I read somewhere, related to the power plant company. So 
either just a colleague or yeah someone he knew who also was in the industry and there was just this farewell party and he got home very late so it was past midnight he got home so his family was already sleeping and they didn't you know hear him come back but the next morning at around 10 o'clock in the morning his dad hears him leaving the house because he tells his dad yeah i'm just gonna go out real quick and left Mm -hmm. But so he didn't he, say, like, where or why. No, he just says, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll be back soon. I just gotta go, like, head out real quick. So he left the house on the 24th in the morning. And that was the last time he was seen, or? That was the last time he was hurt because his dad didn't even see him. Oh. And so he, his, the time of his death was determined to be on the 26th. So two days after his disappearance. Okay, and is this, like, are they sure of this? Is this accurate, or is this pretty disputed? This is not disputed, to be honest, but then again, if you don't believe the police in this case, then, yeah, that technically could be disputed, but in general, nobody disputes this. He basically died sometime between the disappearance and the uh, the dis- discovery, right? So this was right in between. But this would it would just um, interest me to know how they came up with that um, time if he was last seen like two days before that. Yeah, I mean that was just based on the body examining the body, and but that was how, determined but to be the time really of death. But you can't really be sure with the temperatures, right? Because no, the, you can. No, because if it, it's but if it's that cold, like that slows mm-hmm. down. Um, decomposition yeah but i think they can still you know based on how cold it was kind of then say okay in these temperatures these conditions indicate that this body died at this time i mean i think they can still have an estimate like there was no particular like at this time but around that date okay so the term when they discovered him he was dead for around two days okay Mm. And so this was actually before the discovery on the 27th. So a day before they found him, they actually found his car. Oh, so I'm assuming okay. like his, his parents were looking for him, right? Because he, he's been gone. He didn't come back home. And they were looking for him and they found a, his car parked two minutes away by foot from the school. Okay, so close enough. Very close, yes. So, but also not like that's where he was wanting to go. Because he would have then been like be closer. Mm-hmm. So he was, it was this kind of parking place belonging to this sort of agricultural association or something. So that's random. It kind of, kind of random. And the way his car was parked was also very temporary. Like it, he obviously, he didn't park properly. He just kind of drove in and... It was very slanted, so it wasn't, like, straight. He was blocking another okay. car. So very quickly didn't... Okay. Very quickly. Yeah, not properly. He basically just drove in, stopped the car, and then his car keys was all, were also in the car. Okay, so seriously in a hurry or... Seriously in a something. hurry or didn't plan to be there for long. And people say... So I'm not really sure about this. I just read one article that said the car was a Toyota Crown which is kind of a fancy car, like not your typical, not like the cheapest car. I have no clue. 
But if this is true, it was a bit more, you know, people who were into cars got it and he really loved this car. So it would be weird for him to leave it kind of unattended with the keys stuck in them. Right. So, yeah, it seemed like he didn't plan it to be long or he had to leave the car in a hurry. And yeah, and the next day around 6 p.m., they found it. Okay. So from hearing your first thoughts, I get the idea that you feel like he was kind of forced inside or something happened. People kind of pushed him inside or something. You wouldn't be able to get in there yourself that neatly where your clothes are still perfectly folded on top of your chest by yourself Mm. is my thought. But just in general, getting in there... It's just, it. none of it makes sense. And I don't see a point where yes. somebody would go in there themselves with their clothes folded on top of their chest. So, yeah, it makes me yeah. think there's I mean, interference. There is that thought, like, because when there's hypothermia, right, you feel, start to, your body tricks you and you think it's really hot, so people start taking off their clothes. Yeah, but why is it neatly folded? in that <laughs> narrow space, yeah. Like, I'm not sure how neatly folded it was because they, you know, they had to s- open that pipe in and general. take them out. That's true. And yeah, just generally moving your arms would have been like impossible in that position. So I don't think he actually took it off inside the pipe. So it had to be yeah, outside. Yeah, no, that's n- there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. But Julia, the police think differently. Of course. They concluded he went in the toilet to peep at Yumiko. He got stuck. And died there. Ew. Yes. Why? There's different... There's other ways of peeping if you want to... Why to be a pervert? <laughs> well, that was the police theory... Well, their conclusion, pretty much. And that's how they closed the case. Because they couldn't find any other explanation. So they said, I mean, he had to go in there by himself. Probably to peep at her. And, but yeah, got stuck. So he just... What he was supposed to not have checked to see, like, oh, she's actually here, so I can actually like peep at her now. He like he just went in there blind as there. So that is a point people talk about, right? So they some of them who counter this theory say he knew her, like even though they weren't you know best buddies or anything, he probably it's very likely he heard that she would be away for a few days. So why would he go in there to peep at her, knowing she's not there? But then other people say, maybe he just went in while she's not there to kind of scout the place out. But then, then just break stuck. in and don't go to through the toilet. Sorry, but... <laughs> the, I mean, the theory is that he was into it. So, yeah. Okay, well, it doesn't seem like they tried very hard if they immediately came to the conclusion that he went in there themselves. I mean, okay, from what you said... Um, unless you're keeping stuff back from me on purpose for like suspense reasons, mm. they really didn't have a lot to go on. And mm-hmm. if they immediately came to that conclusion, then they didn't really try to figure much else out. Yeah. So it is, they kind of, I think, did conclude a bit too quickly. Like they didn't really, because. That's all the facts I have for you in this case. There are no real, you know, 
um, alibis of people. They didn't really investigate well, any suspects. So they just concluded, yeah, this was an accident. And like also, I mean, the thing is, you said this was a very small place. Um, mm. So I'm gonna guess that this isn't. This is more like a rural police. This yeah. isn't like police. A, par- a department in maybe like Tokyo that sees more different mm-hmm. types of crimes that That's have true. more experience with different types of cases mm-hmm. and so of course they're not gonna immediately think like somebody like there was some outside interference here that did this like this was obviously odd but like mm-hmm. nobody would do this like we know everybody here so of course it's not murder or anything weird yeah but in this case, so, like, they should have gotten somebody, like, a different, uh, more experienced police department to sort mm-hmm. of assist them and also come to the same conclusion or come to a different conclusion. Mm. Um, yeah, so they basically just concluded he froze to death, so there was no foul play there. That's and then bullshit. there was no reason to investigate. So that's that's that was it. That's bullshit. Okay. That's what everybody thought. <laughs> so... There was actually a petition signed. Over 4,000 people signed it. So more than the village population. Okay. Signed the petition to have the police reinvestigate, redo okay. everything. But they refused. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is another point of interest where people say there's something weird about how the police reacted to this. And even if they thought it was an accident, if like... For, so more than the village population asks you to reinvestigate, you would usually at least on the surface try, like pretend that you're reinvestigating, right? Um, but they just outright refused, which some people thought was weird. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that's officially the end of the case. So I'm going to get into some of the suspicious points. Theories? And then we'll go into the theories. Okay. So, the biggest question, how the fuck did he get in there? Yeah. Yeah. So, let me give you some stats about Naoyuki. He was 169.2 centimeters tall, which is 5 feet and 6.6 inches. That's 10 centimeters on me. Like, that's more 10 mm-hmm. more centimeters than me in height. Just yes. alone. Okay. And he was 69 kilos, so 152 pounds. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of his stature. Mm -hmm. And the average shoulder width of a Japanese man in his 20s at the time was 44 centimeters. And the pipe was like 30 to 36 centimeters. So it was definitely quite narrow for him. So whatever way it was his shoulders would have had to be hunched in yes it had to be hunched in okay and now i would like to share my screen with you and show you a 1994 tv program where one of the staff from the program so they were interviewing they're investigating the case they talked to naoyuki's dad and they went to the location and all that. And they had a staff member who was a similar build as Naoyuki actually try and go in the pipe. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yes. So let us do that. I will take some screenshots for Instagram as well. So this is 
the kind of pipe it was. And on the left, you have Naoki's dad. The right side was the exact same pipe where he had to have gone it, this thing. So that's the outside bit. That's the outside bit. Or like, yeah, it's underground, all of it. But that's the one that would he would have had to gone in from. The exact same thing. He kept it. So went in from the deeper side, head in first, and then had to kind of... Like, I think you can go in, to be honest. Well, I think if you're in it, it's fine. But I think getting in is... But you have to remember that it was caught probably very slippery. So now it's dry, right? If you look at it. And it's all mm. cement. But at the time, it was filled with slippery stuff. So it's probably... <laughs> A bit easier to go in, but so but once you're in, you can't get out. Like that's impossible. That's terrifying. So in he goes. Oh god, that's scary to look at. He's like, uh, like he basically gets his shoulders in, and just says, "I can't go any further." And he's stuck, basically. Yeah, and then this outer ring is stuck on him. So. <laughs> It's unclear whether this ring is detachable at the time of that where it happened, whether it was like kind of sealed shut. Oh gosh, he's stuck in it. Yeah, he is. No, don't. Uh, okay. He does get out in the end. Yeah, so the staff who tried this out was a little bit lighter, like four kilos lighter than Naoyuki. And if he couldn't even... Yes. But to be honest, I think he can go... I mean, he had to have gotten in because he was inside, so... It was very difficult, but you can somehow squeeze in. But the question is, do you do it intentionally or does someone force you to or does someone push you through? And once you're in, though, you can't get out. Okay, um, so you said that they did an autopsy. Now, that's what I would like to get into as well. Okay, because my question was, because um, if you're like drunk or inebriated... Mm. Um, then you are a lot more limber, like you, because you know how. Um, if you, for example, if you fall while mm -hmm. you're drunk, yeah. you're less likely to get hurt, or mm -hmm. you're likely to get less hurt than if you weren't, because mm -hmm. you're you don't like tense unexpectedly where you would otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question would be: Is there any? Um, did they do a toxicology report? Um, or toxicology screening, did he have anything in his blood or, um, like, anything that could make that easier, like, getting in there? Because if not, mm. then my guess would be that he was unconscious because if mm. you're unconscious, then same thing. Then, like, you're not as, like, likely to tense up. You're more, like, loose yeah and it's easier that is a very good point unfortunately i cannot Thank answer you. for you damn it but it definitely makes sense that let's say he was already unconscious for some reason that he would or perhaps dead at that point that someone it would make it easy for someone to kind of just push him through yeah just be like shoving him through there like yeah. shoving him inside but then again he was holding his clothes so that was also a bit difficult to manage if he was unconscious. Well, but I mean, if he was unconscious and they started like pushing him uh, in there at one point, like he wouldn't have been able to, like if they just 
had his clothes like were holding his arms to his chest with the clothes in between once Mm. they got him to a certain depth in the pipe Mm. he wouldn't like his arms wouldn't have able been able to like open to like yeah that's true as well so if you just get like the head and like just below the shoulders in you'd be Mm. fine yeah yeah so i mean that is another of the suspicions right so his clothes why they were in that state so he obviously well at least my belief is that he took them off before he went in so it wasn't like he was freezing in the pipe and then he took it off just because of how tight it was definitely not possible yeah and so why did he take his clothes off beforehand so now i'm gonna tell you about the temperature but i mean it's cold. That's that's the most important. Oh, there's bit. the weather report you were there's talking about. There's the weather about. report. Yeah. So on the twenty fifth, this would be the day after his disappearance. Yes. 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 So the day after his disappearance, there was twenty centimeters of snowfall in Fukushima Prefecture. Whoa. So it was cold. That's a lot. Yes. That's and a lot of snow. As the well. temperature on the next day, so the day he possibly died the lowest was 0.2 celsius and the highest was 4.9 celsius so it wasn't freezing so it only rained and for those who use fahrenheit basically it's like just around freezing temperature yes and then the next day it was a little bit warmer because it was sunny but also the cold at night it was 0.4 celsius and during the day 8.2 so generally very cold Mm mm-hmm and let me give you another information, a new information. His other shoe was later discovered far away from the scene. And it was how far at away a from river the river bank close to his home. Okay. How would it have gotten there? We don't know. <laughs> That's That's another mystery. Because so... if if we're going with the official like police story of things, mm-hmm. then somehow he had already lost his shoe mm-hmm. for some reason at a riverbank. Yes. In between, like, day, like close to his house, even though he hadn't been to his house mm-hmm. in days. Mm-hmm. And, like, with one shoe driven to this parking lot and then walked the two minutes to the, like, teacher's, th- like, dormitory or whatever thing, accommodations. Yeah... Yeah. I call bull. So I'm not too sure about this location of the riverbank, but like whether it was close to his home or how far away it was, but I can confirm it was away from the scene. And yeah, so it was weird. It was, they had to find it later on and yeah, just very out of place. And -hmm. of course his car as well. Why was his car like that? Why was the key in there? You know, all these things. And... Now, I have another information for you. So the day before he disappeared, the day where they had the farewell party, he told a friend... Yes, the 23rd. He told a friend that he had to meet someone the next day. Okay. He didn't really say who or what kind of meeting it was, but just sort of said, yeah, there's like this important sort of meeting, I have to meet someone tomorrow. Okay, so as little information as he gave his family... Before he left. Yes. Interesting. And 
suspicion number four, I suppose, the police reaction. And then now we get to the autopsy. So the police say that the autopsy showed it was fro- like he, he died because he froze and kind of asphyxiated to death. Yes, yeah. they refer to an autopsy. Whereas in the same video I showed you where they interviewed the father, he actually said that there was no autopsy. Like he had to ask for it and then the police were like, it's not necessary because he obviously froze to death. Huh. So the police be on their bullshit again. Yes. Yeah, so that's the thing. You, you have this contradicting information because in the same interview, he actually interviews the police as well, the reporter. And they refer to, yeah, there was the autopsy and it showed the cause of death. Whereas the father was like, yeah, no, there, there was no autopsy. Like I... Okay, but yeah. like you can say anything if they don't come with the document or like photos of the document in hand mm-hmm. saying like, here, look, this is the autopsy that was done back then. Then I call, once again, I call bullshit. Yeah, so that's exactly. And I feel like... Of course like... they're not going to make themselves look bad if there isn't one. Yeah. And if there was one, I don't know why the dad would lie about it. So... It's, yeah, no. And of course, them not opening, like reopening the investigation. So just a lot of weird points like that. And it makes people wonder whether there was some reason why the police perhaps could not investigate or were under some kind of pressure to not really delve deep into this. Okay, hit me with your theories. Perfect, because now we get into the theories. <laughs> um, okay, so... One theory, which is the most personal theory, was that Yumiko's fiancé did it. What do you mean the most personal? I mean, it was like a private matter. So, and Yumiko's fiancé? Yes. So let me tell you why Yumiko knows Naoyuki in the first place. Yeah, you mentioned the fiancé thing. Yes. So there was an incident in the past where Yumiko was receiving these anonymous harassment calls and her fiance confided in Naoyuki and he basically helped the couple set up this recording device and they managed to get a recording of the harassment call and submitted that to the police but there was no okay. like they didn't find out kind of who did it or anything like the police didn't really investigate much but it- Seems like they don't like to investigate <laughs> yeah. and do their jobs in general, but yes, but never mind me. Um, apparently, Naoyuki had an idea or he had like the suspicion of who it could be. Okay, so there's, I suppose, two theories related to this incident of the harassment caller either he confronted the harasser, that's one theory. And then he was murdered by this person. Or he, the harassment guy is unrelated, but that now Yuki fell in love with Yumiko and there was a triangle relationship. And um, basically the fiance felt like, I don't know, Naoyuki was breaking them up or whatever. And he wanted to sort of teach him a lesson stay away from my fiance uh, kind of thing i have issues with that okay <laughs> because why if the fiance did it why mm-hmm. would he bring any sort of suspicion 
or just in general, like, gaze of the public onto his fiance mm. if he basically killed somebody for her. Like, you wouldn't dump the person mm. in your fiance's toilet. Yeah. Because then what if people start to suspect her mm. or, like, were, are able to link it back to you? Like, that's just dumb. Yeah. Well, so the theory, if that is the case... So, I mean, either theory, I think, if he was forced into the toilet by some people, it's probably a group, right? It's not just one person who managed to threaten him or something. It had to be multiple people, so he couldn't really get away. So the theory is that maybe the fiancé and a couple of friends he had called um, Naoyuki out and to, to just talk to him... But then they sort of, in essence, kidnapped him close to his home. So that's why one shoe was closer to the home. And then they drove him to close to uh, Yumiko's house and then forced him into the toilet to maybe humiliate him. But then he got stuck there and then they sort of ran away because things got out of hand. But then why would they leave the car there? Well, I, maybe they were just overwhelmed. They didn't have a plan. Like it was an accidental killing right so then they didn't really know what to do but um another reason why people had this theory because some people thought it was weird that yumiko actually saw the shoe in the first place because it's quite yeah. deep and it's super dark and they're like there's no way you can see a shoe in there so yeah some people say that that was very weird so maybe she knew something about it and kind of then that was how they planned the discovery. So it was that's like a suspicious point. But then some article also said that maybe that was just sort of misreported, that she she didn't first see the shoe, that was kind of dram dramatized, but that people first just noticed the foot when they saw the lid of the toilet not being closed properly on the outside. So was it completely open or was it partially closed? Like somebody kind of put it back on. I want to say it was just like, because it's on the floor, right? It's on the ground. So yeah. it wasn't, you know, when we look at the pipe, we see it removed from the ground. But yeah, when, yeah, no, I know what you, yeah. I know what you So say. it's literally like a, like a, what, what is that even called? What is that called? Um, you a know, manhole. like the gully. Yeah, like yeah, a gully. cover, yes. A gully, gully, gully. A gully, gully, gully. So it was just kind of maybe slid away or I'm not sure how far removed it was. Because that's the thing. I was thinking about this earlier because mm -hmm. you didn't mention that it was like open mm -hmm. or like partially open. And the thing is like if it's completely open, it kind of might give more uh, weight to the theory that he got stuck in there himself. Mm -hmm. But if it's like only like if it's kind of closed but still like not like not completely mm -hmm. closed but like partially open that gives more weight to a theory that somebody else did it because he couldn't have like kind of closed That's it true, himself yeah. um i want to say it was kind of just removed like just basically pulled away and just away from completely the off. cover mm. but the thing is like even if it was partially maybe then whoever discovered it moved it away further and there's no way to 100% say how it was originally yeah so that's yeah. also and also iffy. if it was completely removed 
maybe like similar maybe similar thing to what you were just saying about like oh maybe somebody else did it but they panicked like it Mm -hmm. wasn't meant to be like that and then they just like ran off because they were scared but it just i i just had that thought like okay if it's kind of partially covered then there's no way that it was an accident yeah yeah um so yeah, there's that. And so basically the reason for this theory is that they found some people thought the discovery of the body was kind of suspicious, whether it's her seeing the shoe or, you know, like it was very dark. Okay. So how did they even see it, right? Even from the outside, why did they look into the hole? Like if it was sort of removed, why don't you just kind of close it without staring into the depth of the toilet pipe? Well... Okay, but if you already thought you saw something weird. Yeah, so that's the thing. They don't they don't believe her. They don't believe that she saw the shoe. So that it was staged somehow that anyway, that's the theory. Like we don't know exactly. But yeah, that's the theory surrounding the strange discovery of the body. Okay. Um yes, now let's move on to theory two. And this is related to the elections that took place just a month before. No, sorry, mm-hmm. 10 days before. <laughs> okay. Yes. So on February 18th was the village's mayor elections. And the mayor at the time, he already had served three terms, with the second mm-hmm. and third terms sort of being automatic wins because he didn't really have an opponent. So he was just automatically okay. the mayor again. And this time, though, he did have an, oppon- uh, an opponent, so there was a fierce kind of battle, let's just say. And there are some political aspects to this theory. So the current mayor was pro-nuclear power. Okay. So the nuclear power is going to be quite a big topic here because it was the most important political, I suppose, arguing point at this election. Hmm. And the opponent was basically anti-nuclear power. Okay. And the reason why this might have been a topic at the time was because Chernobyl had just happened. True. And some people were um, starting to have their doubts about the risks of living so close to a nuclear power plant. And just to give you an idea, the Fukushima Daini power plant was around... 36 kilometers away so by car like 45 minutes 40 minutes not yeah. even yeah no no not even if it's 36 kilometers well with the speed limits you have here in japan it's definitely okay 45 okay. minutes japanese speed limits okay yeah i was thinking in german terms <laughs> yes german terms do not apply anywhere else because yeah um autobahn is only in germany so Woo. uh where were we Yeah, so with the election theory, right? So we have the pro-nuclear powers and then the anti. And so Naoyuki was actually asked by the mayor to be a lobbyist for him. So I'm not sure if you've seen this when you were in Japan. Wait, by the current one? The current one. Okay. Mm. Since he was working, like, basically sort of in relation and he was this very well-known, like figure in the like town yeah. very active okay makes sense yeah and he his job was related as well so 
he yeah, benefited from the power plant. Uh, but apparently he wasn't really into it. So he felt obligated to lobby for this mayor because of his role in the youth association. And the day before the election, so on February 17th, he allegedly told a friend or he was complaining to a friend about having to go support the mayor. Um, despite the fact that, you know, it's snowing outside, he didn't really feel like it, but I kind of have to go. Sort of thing. <laughs> so it wasn't like, feeling. oh, I really feel that. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm passionate about this person being our mayor, so I'm helping him. Mm-hmm. It was more like, yeah, he felt obligated. So now before we get too much into the nuclear power plant stuff, um, one part of this election theory was that the mayor, because he had an opponent this time, he wanted to ensure his victory and he did so by buying votes. Now, this mm-hmm. is just a legit theory, but there's people who say that, oh, he was buying votes for 20,000 yen per vote. 20,000 is not a lot. Yeah, for, but for people who didn't care, I think it was just... Uh, true. Oh, yeah. I get some money for, for me to take this one box on a piece of paper? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so okay. why yeah, people thought sense. it might have been suspicious was because by how many votes he got. So he won with a... 95.33% majority. That which is, is quite a lot. suspicious. But if you think about the fact that he was already mayor before, mm. then maybe like people just they're like, we already know him, like yeah. we know what he's like. We don't know this new dude. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a high margin, mm. but not completely insane. Mm. And like, I, also I can think, see both. I can see both ways. I think why a lot of people were suspicious as well was just because how many votes it was. Like it doesn't sound like a lot because he got like one thousand nine hundred and seventy six votes, but because the village was so small, people felt like this was too many people voted. Like it was unusually high um, voter turnout, so they felt like mm. maybe a lot of them were just bought. So that yeah, people who usually didn't vote or didn't care right. went out of the way to vote because they might have been bought. So either way, um, this is just alleged, right? So Naoyuki, he was asked by the mayor to lobby for him. And in Japan, this kind of means going around doing these public speeches and saying why you should yeah. vote for this mayor. And he had to do this. And because according to the people who knew him, he was a very righteous person. So he may have found out about this corruption going on and felt like he had to sort of, you know, make it known. Mm. And so because the farewell party he attended the night before his disappearance was related to the elections. So maybe something came up there, happened there, and then he had to... uh, But he said that he had an important meeting the next day. Exactly. So that's, you know, it's just people's theories. But that's right. So if he told a friend beforehand about the meeting the next day, then it didn't matter what the party was about. So, yeah. And I also do feel like it's a bit far-fetched if um, yeah. if so many people really were bought. Why would they all sign the petition to reinvestigate? So I think this one is more of a yeah. not-so-strong theory. 
Yeah, and I mean, I get that it does happen that mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I see corruption, I'm gonna out them, and like they get taken out. But I don't feel like in a small village like by Fukushima in Japan, mm-hmm. you're gonna have somebody being killed because they are trying to say like, hey, look, they bought like they bought votes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's one part of the corruption angle and another corruption angle is related to the power plant so may people some people say that the power plant itself kind of gave the mayor money or perhaps they sponsored the vote buying thing so it wasn't just the mayor himself i mean that would make sense yeah for sure like it does make sense and so they were saying that maybe it's not just the the mayor who had the power or like he he kind of called the shots, but the people behind the power plant who called the shots because they were threatened if now Yuki kind of right. blew the whistle on this. So that might have a bit more ground because it's not just because a mayor said so, but yeah. Yeah, that, that'd a lot be more powerful weird, but it makes, it makes more sense with mm-hmm. like the, yeah. Yeah. So that's one part of the power plant theory where it merges with the political the election and then the final power plant conspiracy theory is related to the leaks so so i'm not really sure when this happened either the same year as naoyuki's death in january or the year before but there was an accident at the fukushima daini nuclear power plant where a large amount of metal debris was leaked into the reactor core and the uh, Tokyo Electric Power Company's maintenance manager committed suicide, allegedly, without leaving a suicide note. Okay. Yes. So this man was uh, Naoyuki's boss in a way, but like I'm not sure if they knew each other, but they didn't really you know, have meetings together, but they might have seen each other so before. So definitely someone above him in the hierarchy, but yes. maybe not his direct boss. Yeah, I don't think it was his, not, not his direct boss, but maybe they saw each other day to day or sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's a theory that this was not really a suicide, but, but this person was kind of um, taken care of somehow. And because of... The, the nuclear leak and maybe now Yuki found out something about this alleged suicide how it was maybe you know an assassination or whatever and that might be the reason he was also silenced this is yeah. so far-fetched yeah it but really it's so far-fetched it is. <laughs> yeah no what, what is the most likely theory then because the power plant ones are really quite far-fetched and it also doesn't make so much sense why, if they wanted to get rid of him, why push him in this toilet? Why not just dispose of his body in the ocean, in the mountains? Yeah. It's a rural place. You didn't have to put it in a teacher's where, toilet. Where it's going to be found at some point, because at the very latest, when the tank gets emptied. Yeah. But then some people also said that, oh, maybe they wanted him to be found and to send a message. But... To be but honest, who would that, it's kind of... who was that message supposed to be for? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, none of these make a lot of sense to me. Exactly. So those are the conspiracy theories. And 
yeah, like I mean, like you mentioned, it's a little bit far fetched with the nuclear power plant or the power plant. No, wait, yeah, nuclear, no. nuclear pants. <laughs> None of these power pants. <laughs> nuclear power pants. No, none of these really make sense. Yeah. If you think about them more than a minute. I feel like there's an avenue that's probably not talked about at all because the police didn't do any investigation. Like, maybe there's someone who had, like, beef mm. with him. And, like, how would anybody know if... Nobody ever looked into like suspicious activity around those days because there yeah. was no actual investigation. Yeah, we just have too little information about suspects and yeah. motives, basically. So we all we have are these sort of conspiracy theories. But it, it is also quite a strange coincidence how all of this happened at the same time. So the elections being so close to his death and disappearance, then you know the nuclear power plant leak. So it does. You know, it does look suspicious as well. It's just the form and how this all happened that really throws people off, I think. Because why like yeah. this? So let me just get back to the police theory that we scrutinized. Yes. That he went in there by himself to peek. And one reason why we said this was crazy was that why the hell would anyone do this? But <laughs> in fact, other people have died like this. Really? Yes. So, same type of toilet? Same type of toilet. I'm not exactly sure if it's exactly the same, but people... So two men were found dead, one in 1990 and one in 2010, where they were basically found within public toilets. And in both cases, it was determined to be accidental death because they were, you know, stuck there and assumed to have gone into peak. And another man in 1999 was also found within a public toilet and he was alive. And he said later on, yeah, it, it smelled so bad I thought I was going to die. But his reason for going going in was to peek at people going to the toilet. So it's not outside of the realm of possibilities that he went in. Huh. I mean, the only reason we have of him, it's being, it's impossible he went in is because the people who knew him said oh he was such a good person cannot imagine him doing something like that but we all okay. know that that's not yeah. a legit reason so yeah no that's not legit like people seem one way all the yeah. time and then are completely different but i yes. feel like um I, I would need to know more about these other cases of mm. these people in like stuck in toilets because was it the same type of toilet like or I mean because you said most of them were like later like after this maybe it was yeah. sort of a similar like build of toilet but like different dimensions where mm. yeah it might have been a bit bigger but yeah to be where, honest that would have made more sense it would have been very similar I I'm gonna say it was very similar or the same because i don't know of any other kind of toilet types where you can sort of peek through the toilet hole yeah and weird. i think these toilets are usually pretty standardized because they have to be you know an exact size for the machines to suck out the waste so mm. they can't be making them in different sizes because the machines to to you know take care of the waste 
is also standardized. Mm. So I'm going to assume it's pretty similar. And yeah. Um, what, what else was I right. going to say? Well. I forgot. While you think about that, my other mm. thoughts are, okay, that gives it a bit more legitimacy. But yeah. then it doesn't make sense that the day before he went missing, he was saying how he had an important meeting and how the day he did go missing he was saying i'm gonna go out like i'm meeting someone yeah the fact that he said oh i'm just gonna be out real quick and come back soon sort of like he suggested he was not gonna be away for long that and all the other circumstances like Mm. if he was fully dressed had both shoes if his part like car was parked properly like okay but like everything else Adding to that situation makes mm-hmm. it way less likely. Yeah, and exactly like his, the way his car was parked, the way why one of his shoes was found somewhere else, that all makes it really suspicious. That speaks of like some, like a hurry or like mm-hmm. stress or being followed or there being some sort of like urgency, yeah, and that exactly. doesn't make sense with peeping. Mm-hmm. It kind of also makes you wonder, so if he really wanted to just kind of test out the pipe and see whether he can get in, why did he take his clothes with him? If he was going to wipe it off afterwards, there was no towel or anything. Why didn't he just get... And, you know, if you want to test it out, right? Like, maybe in the summer or something. And wait until right after it was emptied. Yeah, and basically it's, it's just why would you choose the coldest time of the year to do it and so another interesting that reminds me um i have another sort of paranormal ish aspect angle to it not really but basically the tv show i showed you they also have this studio segment where the dad goes in with like you know his his binder with notes and article clippings and there are some sort of uh special guests there and one of them is this spiritual person or i'm not really sure what she does because i haven't seen her anywhere else but apparently she has some kind of psychic abilities and her feeling was that he was basically squeezed into the thing so he didn't go in there voluntarily someone else pushed him through whether he was dead at the point already or kind of unconscious or whatever but yeah yeah, but he was pushed in by some people that's her psychic judgment that's the the sort of impression that she got yes exactly but yeah i just find it really fascinating that the sort of crime investigation tv show they had had a psychic on there as well but unfortunately she didn't have any more info they are um checking all possible avenues and that's something the police should have done it's pretty funny as well another guest they had was a crime novelist oh and his um opinion was that he went in there by himself interesting interesting yeah and then there was another woman as well who had like she was she was just a what would you call it someone who has um who gives opinions and and an, an opinionist or something like that a critic or something and she was also of the idea of the mind that he did not go in there by himself and 
it just didn't make sense. It didn't add up that someone would go in there out of their own volition. Yeah. Okay, well, screw the opinion of the novelist and the critic <laughs> or opinionist because that's literally just whatever they're thinking. I guess yeah. you could say the same thing about the psychic, but yeah. there have been cases where psychics were involved that were very accurate. And that is true. So I'm more likely to give some credence to it. Also, I think I give more weight to that opinion because that's my own belief. Like, mm. I don't think it's anything to do w like with the theories that are out there. I think that there was def like there th there was definitely outside interference. Mm -hmm. But that's all I have an opinion on. I don't. Mm. I think there's just not enough. Yeah, there's definitely about foul play. Else. Yes. And it is interesting to know that all the other cases I listed where someone went into the toilet was when it was warmer. So either like spring or, yeah. I mean, the earliest, the coldest was in April, mid-April. So already start of spring. Uh, yeah. And depending but, on where in Japan you are, it could already be quite warm. Yeah, it was in Tokyo. But anyway... Uh, I just want to point out the fact that we are also just giving our opinions. So that well, is not lost on us. But um, but yeah, and interestingly, the crime novelist was the only man and the other two were women. So both women thought it was weird that he went, like it didn't make sense that he went in by himself. But the man thought, yeah, I can see men doing that. That's, <laughs> that okay, is that's funny. <laughs> that's super yes. funny. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean... Unless you can give me a story of a woman that got stuck in a toilet because she wanted to peep. Mm. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I stick by my yeah. opinion that there was foul play, but yes, who knows in this case, because of what. For sure, because it's not like everything else added up to him peeping. It There were so many weird points where it didn't make sense with the car, with the shoe, with the clothes, so... Like, okay, maybe he had been a very good, like, peeper until that point and just hadn't been discovered. But usually that's not something that you develop that late in life. Like, if anything, mm. there would have already been incidences in his youth. I mean, I don't know. But he was, so he was 26 years old. And some people also say, oh, those who basically believed he was peeping were, were saying that maybe because of the election, he was under a lot of stress and maybe he did stress know something peeping. but that was his yeah he was basically stress peeping someone who wasn't even there so anyway Great. we're interesting interested in your thoughts and your theories so let us know yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> because we can Honestly, talk about this, whole, this the whole time so yeah this is just so ridiculous yeah, but I... And I, I mean, still, I feel very bad for the dad. Mm, and I mean, he's yeah. obviously very um, in, involved or very on top of it, wanting yeah. to really figure out what's going on. To be honest, I think at this point he might have... He might already have passed. So well, he was his... pretty old in that video you showed yeah, me. Yeah. Do you know was, from when that was? 94. Okay, yeah. So... And he was already like maybe 80s in his 80s, 80s or 70s yeah. youngest 70s but to be honest Naoki would have been 30 at the, 30 something at the time so maybe he was only 60 something but 
he might still be alive, but either way, his family has gone through a lot. And the thing is, you know, it's not just that it's wor- like bad enough that your son has died in such a cir- like a weird circumstance, but the official theory or the police yeah. conclusion was that he was trying to peep at a woman Which going to the toilet. So that's him very, this, very... Like, bad reputation kind of yeah it's just outrageous and if it's not the truth you don't want that to be the Mm -hmm. official story yeah exactly so unfortunately that's still the official story so we don't know what happened and i don't think we'll ever know what happened so that is the case of kano naoyuki and the theory surrounding his death Wow. I'm I glad think I'm I did it as glad a that you did it. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I think I'm glad that you didn't do this as an in-between. Yeah, it would have gone way out of hand. Damn. Okay, well, thank you for that <laughs> quite frankly ridiculous um, story. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that is, I'm those are ridiculous circumstances. It. I feel like the more we talked about it and like as soon as you showed me the pic no wait not when you showed me the picture but i think when i saw the video i was like wait have i seen this before but it doesn't ring enough of a bell like i didn't Mm -hmm. remember anything if i did know it yeah but there i was looking at it for a second like something about this seems kind of familiar Mm. i was surprised to find the video as well the tv footage that it was still like it's on youtube so i'll post it as well pretty insane actually yeah so everybody can have a look at the pipe so you know what we're talking about with this weird Mm -hmm. toilet system thing but um thanks for coming back in the new year you guys yes thank you and first episode of the new year yes um and nothing else right well in the next in between we already know we're just gonna talk Mm. about our (laughs) uh christmas Christmas and new year's time so yeah Yeah. also um yeah we'll be back regularly every monday again so Mm -hmm. we're no longer on our little break yes stay tuned tune back Um, in um have a lovely day night new year whatever new year stick to your resolutions if you even made any next year I usually don't make any because I'm, <laughs> I'm a <laughs> lazy bitch. You're going to disappoint yourself and feel bad about it. That's nothing new. I do that every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, but yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know if I make any resolutions. But... Okay, we can do that. But mm-hmm. don't count on me having any. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, you guys. Yeah. See you guys next week. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.